offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Well, good morning and welcome to Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom King. Merle Kelch is here in the studio today to take your questions, 715-845-2155. All of the summer fun and the parties and the uh, camping trips, they're all done now for a little while. I, uh, it is. I am on a uh, liver cleanse program now <laughs> and uh, trying to get this done from the fall ride. I just have way too much fun during that time of the season. It's my uh-huh. favorite time of the year and... Uh, so now we progress into uh, the hunting season of the world. I see it was a safe fall ride this year. No deaths reported, uh, which is kind of nice. You know, more than I've seen um, ever in my experience of the fall ride, which is, you know, seemingly to the beginning, though it's not that far back. 40 years, by the way, this is going on. Hmm. So uh, so with us, by the way, the, the fall ride, if you don't know, is a, is a great event. It raises money for MDA uh, through Harley-Davidson itself. And so uh, hats off to everybody who participated and put the money away. I haven't seen the numbers yet, but... It always raises hundred, hundred fifty thousand for MDA, so it, it actually has a purpose and a cause. But so many times, including friends of mine who are owners of bars and restaurants up there, they said at nighttime it was dead. And so, so many places now, uh, so many people they're camping somewhere and they just stay there at nighttime rather than driving around if they had some cocktails. And I'm really happy to see that. I think that's a, um, a great sign, and we see it by evidence of of no issues or problems up there this year. So. You mentioned uh, hunting seasons are coming up now, not only deer, but uh, have you heard gunshots around uh, this morning? The duck hunters are out starting this weekend. Oh, it's beautiful. It's just like the sound of love in the air, Todd. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I saw somebody putting their boat in the water about, I don't know, 4 o'clock this morning. Uh, I'm not sure I'm, I would be uh, I would be up for that. I don't know, but uh, I know a lot of people are. What was amazing to me is I'm coming over, driving here to the studio this morning, folks. And look, I'm like, look at all those geese in the field. Oh, here it's a hunter, and they're all decoys. That's ah. what in their stands uh, looking for the geese to come through. So all right, it's several, that time of the year. 715-845-2155. We want to talk about hunting returns in your stock market portfolio. And uh, the market uh, kind of volatile this week, down mm-hmm. early, up in the middle, sort of uh, right down the middle at the end. So what did you see uh, as you followed the market this past week? Well, you're seeing a whole bunch of knee-jerk reactions. Um so fortunately at this particular point in time, something bad actually, knee-jerk reaction going down, which is the way they're supposed to be. Um, big Chinese company, and oh, I'm, uh, can they get the name Grand? Ever, the ever Evergrande, Grand, Evergrande, they're a big real estate um, company in China. They missed a whole bunch of uh, payments. In fact, they missed a great big payment to a number of their banks and creditors. So they're hoping that the Chinese government is going to come in and try to bail them out. I hope the Chinese government does not bail them out because that's the way capitalism is supposed to work. And if they're going to play in that uh, realm, they should uh, they should not do this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't we have too big to fail here? Um, we did, <laughs> um, uh, but a but it's a Chinese town. I see. Okay, okay, different for them. So but. Uh, you know, so in here, um, the whole question is: Are we starting to have credit defaults? Is this going to start to be a problem? An epidemic going all over the place? But um, I don't know the financials um, of that company, but it created a big knee jerk reaction here in the U.S. It rippled through. People looked at it and said, well, it's not that bad. And we saw the market climb back again. So um, I think one of the biggest things we found this past week is where China essentially now has outlawed with another, with another other countries, uh, um, Bitcoin and some other things. It's, I mean, Cryptocurrency, that's, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's mm-hmm. going to be kind of big. Well, I, how do they – first of all, why are they doing it? And and B, I mean, some some sort of cryptocurrency is probably here to stay. So what are they accomplishing by saying they're not going to allow it? I mean, eventually they're going to have to allow it because everybody well, else is going to allow it, aren't the, they? The unofficial uh, doctrine or words on this is that there's money escaping China. 
and they don't want that to happen. So if you're taking your yuan from China and you're putting it into cryptocurrency, um, that means if you uh, escape and get out of China and become a uh, citizen of the U.S. or Brazil or whatever country in the world is, you now taking your money that was inside of China and through cryptocurrency you now have it available to you wherever you are. And so with that bleed of cash, China's been talking about that for a long time. They're not real happy about that. In fact, in some of the um, uh, statements that are coming out of China, they're saying they're doing it for social, oh, social continuation or social something, and they're basically making it a, a hard line saying you're not taking money out of the country is essentially what's occurring. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but I think it's going to have an effect on that cryptocurrency marketplace. Um, by the way, if you didn't see, Tom, this past week, um, Chairman Powell is chatting about, uh, and they've been doing research on it, having a uh, U.S. dollar cryptocurrency uh, that's out there. So that'll be interesting. We talked about that a long time ago. Um, that I think would be a good idea. One of the other words, of course, we've talked about a lot in the last uh, few weeks has been inflation and the idea that uh, we are going to see inflation in, in the economy uh, going forward. And there are some saying, yes, we are going to see more inflation. Some saying, well, not really. Um, what's your take on, on where the inflation situation stands at what's uh, right now? And what did the Fed say this week about, about dealing with that? Well, you know, the, the Fed Reserve has a target inflation rate of 2%. We're higher than that right now. I think we were at 3.3% this past um, August, down a little bit from what they expected, but nowhere near, I think, out of the woods. So with inflation, there's just so much money out there looking for something to buy. Oddly enough, as we have 56 container ships sitting outside of uh, California right now waiting to come in. So so with it, if we take a look at what's called nominal GDP, or nominal GDP, which is uh, your GDP plus inflation, that number's high. I mean, it's up there and it's sticking high. It's staying up in there. And, and so with that, it's, it's going to be some time before that comes down. And we have so much cash that's out there. It's a thing called M2 money supply. In fact, it's at a uh, return that or a rate that we haven't seen since the 50s as far as the amount of cash that's out there. And that was when everybody came home and got GI bills and all that kind of stuff. So, so with it, until we spend through that money, um, uh, inflation is probably still going to be sticking there with us. It's getting smaller. Um, but it's going to be sticking around as far as inflation goes. And remember, the things in the term that they use in uh, um, I've heard on TV is sticky inflation. I like that. It's a heck of a lot better than all the other terms that are used, <laughs> <clears throat> which are typically your wages um, as well as um, home prices and that type of stuff. Those, those things tend to stay up there once they're there. So if I'm a business owner and I have employees and I have to pay Tom more money to lure you away from one company to come to my company, um, that wage is going to stay there, and so that's going to reflect somehow in the price of the goods and services that I'm selling. Um, and so so that sort of stuff is going to stick. Now, um, uh, with it, one of the biggest things I've seen in regards to inflation um, is a part of the, um, uh, oh, geez, the, the Case-Shiller um, uh, index is that once real estate is up for a few years afterwards, then we start to see rents go up. And I think that um, one of the things I read from a few articles that we're going to see rents start to go up because we now have the moratorium off. Um, uh, owners of buildings have the ability to say, well, we're going to increase rents to, be, to offset the loss that we've had for the last couple of years from people not paying rent and that type of stuff. And so we think rents are going to come up, and that's probably also going to hold up inflation yet for a little while. Well, how are people that can't afford to pay rent now going to pay rent if rents go up? I mean, we've got a situation now where there's not enough affordable housing out there for the people who are working the, uh, the jobs, uh, you know, even $15 an hour, $20 an hour, in many cases, in many areas, can't rent a decent apartment as long as you're going to pay for your other bills too, food and everything else. 
I mean, affordable housing is one of the things that Wausau is looking at with some of the uh, American Rescue Plan dollars. So they haven't made any decisions on what they're going to do with that money yet. But I've got to believe affordable housing is going to be a problem going forward here. If you are an investor, wouldn't you think that finding a way to put up affordable housing might be a thing that you want to look at as far as going forward? Because there's going to be a demand for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm probably not the person to ask this question. <laughs> you know, you look at, Tom, you look at when we were kids, how, how do we make it? You know, we were uh, you know, newly married and probably you, like me, knee-deep in babies. You're like, how are we going to pay the bills? And what do you do? You just get out there and start doing what you need to do to make sure the bills are paid and you have a place to live in that whole bit. That's my opinion. Now, for those who truly can't do that, well, then we, maybe we need there to do was something. There was a time. From a, from a business standpoint. Um, you're not going to have anybody going out there saying, I'm purposely going to uh, build affordable housing um, because even affordable housing to make it so it pays for itself um, is probably still going to be more money than what some people can pay. There was a time, though, when a middle-class job could pay for a house, a mm -hmm. car, a vacation, a kid's education, uh, and it doesn't anymore. So how do, how, do, how do we go forward as an economy when that's a, pro when that's a problem? Well, we don't let cash escape the U.S. We don't let that cash and those businesses stay here. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest downfalls that ever happened was increasing the corporate tax rates where corporations took jobs out of the U.S. Um, and, and, and sadly, it appears as though that mistake is going to happen again. 715-845-2155 if you have a question from Earl. All right, if, if inflation is going to be a problem, sticky inflation, whatever you want to call it, how do you as an average investor protect your portfolio from from the scourge of inflation? What do you what do you tell your clients to do in a situation like this? I tell them to put on blindfolds and then uh, just what? No, it's just not true. All right, here we go. Here's the lesson between loanership and ownership. Loanership is a word because I just made it up. So loanership is money that we borrow out to somebody um, or we loan our money, we receive an interest rate back. Um, ownership, of course, is something where we own. And of course, when we own something, we get the appreciation of whatever those underlying assets might be. So the only thing that has kept pace with inflation over time has been ownership. Loanership, you make money, it's more stable, uh, but it doesn't keep, with, uh, keep pace with both inflation and taxes. We have to have ownership. And so with ownership, of course, that's you know having money that's inside of the stock markets and that whole bit. But is that everything? Well, no, it's not everything that we have, but we need to have some of that inside of our portfolio. Um, even if we're you know 75 years old, should we have some money in the stock market? Well, maybe. Um, I'm not going to say yes, but it is an ownership we can have. But things also that have appreciation, of course, real estate, um, housing, if you have rentals, those sort of things. But we have to have some ownership inside of our portfolio to offset inflation and taxes. It's the only thing that's kept pace with that. So so how we do that is entirely up to ourselves, um, how we do it, based upon how much we can sleep at night and that whole bit. There's some ways that you can get into the ownership marketplace or the stock market if you want to or into other areas and do it safer than being aggressive. Um, but in that, we have to have ownership inside of our portfolio. Um, loanership, such as you know CDs, bonds, that whole bit, it's not going to keep it place with inflation and taxes. Even if we look at a CD, we had a client this past week and said, I have somebody offered me a three-year CD at 2%. Is that good? <clears throat> Pardon me. And I said, geez, it sounds like it's pretty good, but you know, I don't know all the banking rates that are out there right now. But you take a 2% for a three-year CD, and, and uh, if that's good, bad, or indifferent, um, what was the inflation at right now? 3.1. So you're already going backwards. And then if you factor taxes into it, you're going negative. What are you talking, though, about uh, the risk of a 
conservative portfolio and the rate of return there? Is the rate of return going to be over inflation if you're very conservative in your portfolio investments? Uh, most of the time, yes. I can never say guaranteed because that's not the, the nature of the stock market. Yeah. Um, but if we look at over a time period since 1926, which is the well, the numbers are still calculated the same way today in the S&P 500, uh, the answer is yes, we beat that. Are there times that it hasn't? Yeah, there, there are, but there's not many. So generally, over time, uh, things in the stock market, a diversified portfolio, even if conservatively, conservatively built, um, beats both inflation and taxes. But we have to have that in there. So if we go through and say, well, I'm going to get out of the stock market right now because the stock market is too high. Well, we talked about that before. We have to look at not the too high part. We have to look at where we financially, as far as a company, an organization, an economy. Um, um, you know, those that pulled out in the beginning of the year have lost a tremendous rate of return throughout the course of this year because the market has continued to keep gaining legs and going forward. And there's a lot of strength in the market yet, folks. The marketplace is still um, out there and going, and companies are working and making money. It's still happening out there. All right, we're going to take a break here. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back here on WSAU. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man. For Dan Bongino, AM 550, FM 99.9, and in Wausau, 95.1, WSAU. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, good morning, Tom. This is Steve. Hey, Steve, you're on with Merle. Go ahead. Morning, Steve. Good morning, Merle. I uh, was wondering if you had the opportunity to look at that new uh, website or adventure with uh, its carnivore where you're allowed to mirror their trades. For a fee, yearly fee? You know, we talked about this about a month ago, and we looked it up. I don't remember what it is, but we looked it up about a month ago. Uh, if I remember right, wasn't it, uh, Tom, I don't know if you remember, but wasn't it, I think it was a website that you're simply paying a fee to see what they did for a trade. Um, essentially, and a fee collected uh, site. Yes, and you, you know, you have the opportunity to uh, purchase or sell whatever they are purchasing or selling. Um, Is it on their platform? Uh, Carnivore, yes. Yeah. Um, I remember us looking at it. And, and so, so Steve, here's here's all I have from it, other than uh, simply saying we looked at it before. It was unremarkable in a sense that it really wasn't anything new that was out there, except you had the ability to do some stuff, if I remember right, via phone app and buying and selling based on what they did. Um, but it's yeah. not undifferent from what you'll find in, in many other places, just more efficient to get you there. It's essentially a subscription uh, company, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you pay a fee, and then they never charge you commissions or account fees. Uh, they uh, No options, no bonds, no That's complicated it. strategies, it says. Make your trades with any quality, no fee, discount brokerage, no penny stocks or micro caps. Mirror our trades, learn to think like us, and get street smart. And they're, aver they're advertising a 41% gain. One, they're not supposed to advertise like that. But nonetheless, um, so I think they're if, uh, sort of like a Robin Hood in the sense that Robin Hood doesn't charge you much, um, but their trades are made from brokers, or their money is made from brokers on the backside. So I'd imagine it being the same thing. They're making their money from subscription fee, and they're making their fee, I'm certain, uh, from the money they're making from the brokerage houses that they're trading on the back end. So it gets people out there trading. If they're giving you a model, I can't say anything about it, but it's not much different than what we've seen in other places. 
And one real quick question. Uh, they are, uh, there's some, I believe they're day traders. Mm-hmm. They're uh, mirroring or uh, matching trades made by congressional people. <laughs> uh, who, who might be, who, who you're suggesting might be getting uh, uh, information ahead of time? Well, they're just watching what the mem- some members of Congress are purchasing and selling, and they're making uh, a, a re- very respectable amount of money. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people. I think, uh, Steve, a lot of congressional people have their money sitting inside a blind trust because they can't trade it while they're in office. So uh, I'm not sure about that so much. But All right. Uh, th- thanks for watch. the call. Appreciate it. Well, you remember the controversy at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> oh, yeah. when the, all these congressmen were getting, uh, you know, advanced uh, briefings about uh, masks and vaccines and all of this stuff. And they were trading. They were trading their stocks or having this, their stocks traded by somebody else. And they made you know a lot of money uh, dealing in with sure. these with these healthcare companies. I mean that stuff shouldn't happen, right? And if this company is mir- that's got to be the reason why you would mirror the, the stock trading of Congress no doubt people, about right? It. No doubt uh, about it. It's, yeah. it just seems to me to be weird. All right, seven one five. One of the things I have to yeah. say in here is that uh, you know for Steve and people who are listening, you know, I've been around this business for a, oh god a long bleeding time, and so in here we always see you know as uh, as they say the rising tide lifts all the boats. We see the market go up for a year, year and a half, like it has right now. The day traders, you know, the, the carnivores, these types of places say, you know, look how great we're doing because the market's going up. You know, right now, if you're in the market not making money, there's a problem because everything's going up. When the tide goes out, you find out who's losing. Um, as uh, you know, as Warren Buffett once said, I added to it and said, when the tide goes out, you find out who's swimming naked. Um, and so that that's about to come. And so. What tends to happen is people who are day trading because they said this is easy, I can make money. This is great. When the market goes out, and all of a sudden you have to have the fundamentals of how you construct a portfolio, uh, there tends to be a problem. Now, if we saw one of these sites to say, okay, we're going to show you how to do a, you know, beta weighted adjusted portfolio, and so you can measure the risk of the portfolio as it's going up and down. Now that would impress me, and I don't see that part yet. I guess we're going to have to design well, that. I've asked in the past, why wouldn't you? Just you talk about mirroring congressmen's trades. Why wouldn't you just mirror the trades of successful people? Warren Buffett, for instance. Why wouldn't you just do what Warren Buffett does? Maybe obviously on a smaller scale, but yeah, yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you just pick somebody like that who has, has traditionally been very good at this and <clears throat> yeah. just do what they do? There's there, there's a lot to that. I mean, the, the, even the S and P 500. You can buy the S and P 500. You can mirror that. Um, you can do what Warren Buffett does, except you're not going to have uh, access to the credits that he has and the leverage that he does. Uh, Warren Buffett uh, makes very sound decisions on the companies, but then he also leverages it. So if you're buying, for example, if you're buying a dollar worth of Dairy Queen, I just know that's one of his companies. I'm making this up, folks. But if you're buying a dollar of, of uh, Dairy Queen, you can't buy a dollar forty or dollar fifty of it uh, with a dollar like he does because you don't have access to the same capital he does. So his rate of return on that trade is going to be higher because he owns more of it because of the leverage that he uses. You can do some of that stuff with margin calls and that sort of stuff, but a lot of people who aren't listening are listening right now are not to that point where they're doing that. Um, so you can do that sort of stuff, and you can buy good quality companies. In fact, uh, folks, I don't know if you bought this. There's a little bit of a cheat that's out there, and i got to share this with you because uh, um, uh, people in our industry do it all the time. So a mutual fund, Tom, um, has got hundreds of people analyzing, analyzing stocks and bonds and that kind of stuff, so hundreds of them. Um, guess how many we have in our office? 
Well, Merle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, you can go into your research parts on startups. Your companies is always a research department, but um, but so so we look at it and somebody says, well, geez, I want a really good small cap stock and that whole bit, and I really want to look at it in this general area and that whole bit. And so guess what the industry does? Is they'll go into a cheat and they'll look up successful mutual funds and look at the top ten holdings and say, hey, are those any names I think would be really good individual stocks? And they start from there. And and so that's a lot easier to does. do that now with the internet. Boy. <laughs> Back in the early days, it wasn't. You had to go through, you know, 400 volumes of books to pull out one stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Internet works really fast. And so so there's a lot of that's out there. So when the stock market goes up, it's it's easy to go through, read your news, take a look at what companies are doing. And you can do some really good research on that. But it still doesn't do you anything um, in regards to diversifying your portfolio. And that's where we see many people tend to have, uh, have uh, um, problems is when the markets go down. They're not diversified and they're getting stuck. So uh, one of the biggest things we've been doing in our office right now is straightening out undiversified portfolios in preparation for what may be to come next year or the year after um, as we start having some more normalizations of the stock market. Because right now what's happening with it going up, man, I love it, by the way, but it's not normal. I mean, these rates of returns over the course of the last year and a half or two years coming up, they're, they're not normal. And so we know that that's going to change. We know we're going to have to have some normalcy back in the marketplace. And it's going to slow down so your portfolio has to be diversified. So what we found is that a lot of people over the last year, year and a half, are very thinly invested in the sense that they'll have one or maybe two mutual funds that have made them a lot of money, and they now have a lot of money in there and they're not diversified. So uh, we're working really hard to get that straightened out and get them diversified and spread out. All right, we're going to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU.1 FM, WSAU. The life of every child is precious beyond measure. If you care for a child with a disability and have limited income and resources, help is available. Children with a physical or mental disability or who are blind may qualify for monthly cash payments through the Supplemental Security Income Program, or SSI. The program provides help to meet basic needs for food, clothing, or a place to live and disability-related needs. It's money that can make a meaningful difference. If you're the parent or caregiver of a child or teenager you think may be eligible, call Social Security at 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov slash ssikids to learn how to apply today. That's ssa.gov slash ssikids. It's real help for the children. Message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And, folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King along with Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. What else is on your mind this morning? You know, there's a couple of things that pop up. One of them just popped up because of Steve calling about Carnivore before. And, and, Steve, thank you for that call because it led me down this line, as well as something, an article that popped up while we were sitting here, Tom. So two different things. So one of them with Carnivore, with Robin Hood, a number of these, I've had people saying, well, what do you think of those when people can trade on their phone like that? And I said, you know what? It, it, what it does is taking the millennials and getting them interested in trading and investing for the long term. And there's nothing wrong with that. Boy, I mean, people are out there that are starting to do it. 
It's sort of like being able to gamble on your phone, though, right? Well, yeah, I'm okay with it. As long as you use certain stocks that you know we own for our clients, that's okay then. But one of the biggest things I, I think is to, we got to get kids involved in investing and saving. And uh, we had a, a client, we've done it before, and we had a client that finally did it, and they finally got it. Years ago, we, we opened a small account. We bought, uh, I think it was eight or ten shares of Harley-Davidson. We bought eight or ten shares of Apple. Um, intended specifically to split those shares up and have them go to the grandkids. And so we're finally doing it now because grandson's hitting college. And, uh, and so with it, uh, we're now going to certificate them the old-fashioned way rather than having them sitting inside of a brokerage account with a certificate and turn them into paper. So grandson doesn't know yet, but he's going to get some certificates of Harley-Davidson um, and Apple so he can sit and look at them. And what we find is when you start doing this with your kids or your grandkids, they start looking at that stuff and say, well, how much is it worth? Because it becomes real money to them. Gets them involved and excited into investing. Maybe they go on to use uh, Carnivore or Robinhood with some of their own dollars and start getting them investing inside of that uh, you know, um, asset are, or ownership model. Are those certificates actually negotiable or are they just for well, they sure? they certainly are, yeah. Um, you know, many people don't know it, but originally stock certificates, if you turn one over on the back of it, you can actually sign over your ownership rights. So you and I, Tom, could negotiate back and forth, and uh, I could sign them over. In theory, you could turn them into the grocery store, but you'd have to be able to negotiate a price with the teller. Uh, to buy but it's not, like, it's not like the bearer bonds that we see in movies who are uh, the property of whoever has them in their hand. Yeah, they have, don't make those anymore. They no, don't make those anymore? Okay. No, yeah. but, uh, no, but the stocks are registered or bona fide actual uh, instruments. All right, let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? I want to talk to Merle. Yeah, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. See, this is Brad from Stevens Point. Hey, Brad. Um, I'm wondering about the whole um, capital gains thing. If this new proposed budget goes through a Biden's, they're talking um, it's going to be currently it's at like 21 percent. They're talking it might go to 44 percent ish uh, long term. What's the effects on the 401k to 401k Roth and then, uh, of course, the Roth IRA? Well, there's really not going to be much of a, uh, an issue with them at all because there's no capital gains taxes you have to pay along the way. Uh, the issue okay. more is going to be inside of non-qualified accounts. But the increasing of taxes like that is just going to have an effect on how money's invested, and it could very well dampen the rates of returns we could see inside of the markets themselves, not affecting the 401k other than affecting the marketplace itself. You know, the, One of the biggest things that we have in here, um, Brad and everybody listening, is that you know, when we have taxes go up during an inflationary market in an economy that slows, it just screws everything up. Um, we only have to go look back to the, the Carter administration to see that. So hopefully that does not happen. Uh, and the wild proposals that we see that are out there are not going to occur. And if something goes up, it's going to be something menial compared to what's uh, proposed. What's well, the number they're talking about, 22, 24? That's where it was under both Democratic and Republican presidents before. I mean, it was But the long-term 20. capital gains you know, could be, was down as much as 10 and 15%, um, uh, depending on where your tax bracket was. Uh, you know, My opinion is, to, to Brad and Tom and everybody else, they should just leave capital gains where it is. Just leave that part of it alone. If you can do something, do somewhere else. Leave the capital gains because that has such a long-term effect um, on the overall marketplace. All right, thanks for the okay. call. Appreciate it. 715-845-2155 is the order to call. You said you had another article you wanted to dive into there? Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Short-term memory loss? Well, yeah, it's uh, you know it's part of that. By the way, it's my uh, buddy's birthday tomorrow, Buzz. So, uh, Buzz, Mr. Clogfather, um, uh, happy birthday. So, I just have to toss that out there. So, anyway, uh, an opinion piece by Kenneth Roberts. 
says, put a collar on your stocks to protect yourself from market correction. Well, what they're talking about is using, uh, you know, uh, uh, call options inside of that. You know what? It's going to be complicated for most people. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, I get that question quite a bit is what can I do to protect myself, you know, from the stock market going down, making sure I'm insuring the incomes and all that kind of stuff that I have. And, um, and there's a number of ways in which to do so. And, and it's probably uh, some of the most basic, basic things. We could do a whole show on this, Tom, but you know, you know, if you're nervous about the stock market, you just entirely get out of it. Well, you do that, of course, at the um, uh, potential expense of any loss if the market goes up, which we've seen. But some of the best things you can do is sit down and talk with your financial advisor about simply getting that portfolio diversified, which we're finding, folks, a lot of people just don't have diversified portfolios right now. Call it maybe because the stock market was going up. I'm not sure. But um, talk to them. You know, the growth itself in a portfolio can add risk. Um, and lack of diversification because things grew so fast in the last few years, but sit down and chat. Um, so there are ways in which you can have income that's guaranteed that are out there. You can use annuities for that. You can use municipal bonds for that. You can use, you can put some guarantees inside of stuff. Municipal bonds are one of my favorites, and the prices still, in my opinion, are too high to, to buy them properly. Uh, but you can actually buy municipal bonds and get a tax-free income and insure the principal and interest underlyingly. And I, I, I love them for that. Um, it's just that right now the yields are so low, it makes them somewhat impractical. You know, some other places we look at diversifying if we want to have income is you simply buy quality stocks that pay a dividend regularly. So if the stock price goes up and down is one thing, but you have that typically um, a more consistent dividend, not guaranteed, but a consistent dividend. So make sure you diversify your portfolio. That's your first step in protecting yourself from the stock market going up and down. All right. One of the things that people have used for diversity over the years is gold. And I'm seeing a story now about why gold may not be an inflation-proof investment. And uh, they quote a number of uh, financial analysts, including Warren Buffett, who has spoke out numerous times on his doubts about gold, calling it an asset with no utility. Uh, uh, a chief investment officer for a company called Odyssey Capital says it doesn't produce anything, and that's why from a long-term perspective, it's a hard asset to invest in. It's prudent portfolio management to have maybe a small allocation that there is not an asset that you don't want to be heavily entrenched in. We've talked about that before. So if you're not going to use gold as your inflation hedge, where else are you going to hedge against the possibility of inflation rearing its head? Um, again, you have to have ownership. You have to have something that's going to grow faster than inflation and taxes. So you have to have things that have ownership in itself. <clears throat> Again, hopefully, pardon me, uh, things that have growth without min with minimal volatility. The typical places, well, the, the thing that solves all of that is time, you know. But um, but you have to go into things that uh, have growth, make money, um, and then hopefully in goods and services and things that we all need and love. Well, the problems I see with gold, and we've talked about it before, and I just shake my head every time you talk about it, that you've got to buy it at a premium and, and sell it at a loss or sell it at uh, – you have to pay to sell it as well. I mean, you get you get hammered on both ends. So well, the, yeah, the, the, the thing that you can do with that now today is you're not buying the actual physical gold, but you buy a gold ETF with that. And I can't think of the symbol. I actually think it's GLD off the top of my head, and I might, I might be wrong, but I think believe the symbol is GLD. Not proposing it, folks, but you can actually buy gold and sell gold like an individual stock. So there's so many ETFs out there that are related to gold, but like anything else, I tell people with ETFs, there's a mountain of them that are out there. Make sure you know what's inside of it. Um, I think if you're going to buy a gold ETF, you buy a gold ETF that, oddly enough, <laughs> holds gold. Um, because sometimes you get some that are a gold ETF that they hold stocks of gold company or futures on gold. No, you want to have the ones that actually hold and have physical gold sitting inside a safe that you're going to own a piece of. 
Um, so that's one way to get out of the discount on a premium so you can go back in and out relatively quickly. Um, but gold, um, you know, like like uh, Buffett says, there's, there's, I've, I've never, I'm not using much. I've never, we've never talked about this, I don't think, and maybe it's a stupid question, but how did gold become what it is? I mean, how did we decide as a society that this was going to be a benchmark of value as opposed to, well, any other precious metal or, uh, yeah. you know, um, Tulips, like the tulip craze in Holland back in the day, or pick any any item, uh, you know, uh, you know, rocks, whatever. I mean, how did gold become this the standard that we that we yeah, live by? Yeah. Used to be uh, um, pearls, you know, was another one. Yeah, um, it, it, because it's something that's rare and it can't make any more. Um, it's basically the rarity that somebody wants. It always stays shiny, and basically, uh, that's the reason for the rarity. We can't make any more gold, and or mining so, more gold. We're mining it, but that's it. We can't make any more. But it's not easy to do. So that's essentially at the rarity. You know, the tulip bulbs were great until we just kept, you know, making more tulip bulbs, you know, and uh, going from there. So cryptocurrency, same thing. You just keep making more. Beanie babies. Beanie babies. Oh, cabbage patch dolls. <laughs> oh, geez, we can go on. Pokemon cards. <laughs> oh, yeah. 715-845-2155. I tell you what, we need to take one more break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. For our military families, Americans can show appreciation through education. Because of you. Paper stocks uh, versus the digital uh, computer shares. Um, we had, uh, I worked for uh, Foot Locker, and in midstream, mm-hmm. they changed from paper to digital. Uh-huh. And uh, I have a stock from uh, 1993, uh, and I I tore my house apart, and, and I can't find it. I was, ca- was there a certificate? Yeah, um, okay. I do have. I know the number. I have the certificate number, but then when you call them, they want like a percentage off and a, a broker's fee in order to replace the um paper okay did you call computer shares yeah i did okay well they're they're the company that's going to have to do it for you so okay. so they're the uh, the register for the stock so therefore i'm going to have to bite the bullet and pay you, what they say yeah so so i don't think they're charging you a brokerage fee unless you want to sell they'll charge a couple bucks for that but they have to replace the share and so yeah. they they don't replace the shares for free so so that's what you're going to have to do to get that certificated now they should be able to hold the shares too if you know the QSUB numbers so yeah. chat with them, but that's 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 your bet. If You're already in right path. Then I, you know, I wouldn't have to have the paper. But then, if you yep. want to cash it in, then you need the paper, right? Nope. If they hold the shares, they'll just cash it in. There's no, you don't have to have the paper again. Okay. Well, I'll um, I'll see if they might uh, consider doing it, uh, you know, holding it, and then sure. I can get around it. But if I don't, then I'm going to have to bite the bullet. Yep. Now, by the way, if you sell the shares through them, it's going to be cheaper than selling it through a guy like me. Okay. Okay? Right. And if you, you want to sell it through me, my wife will appreciate that if you want to sell it through me. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad you're here. You know, it's always wonderful that I can answer my, you answer my question, and I'll just have to bite the bullet and call them and yep. get it done. All right. Perfect. Thanks for the call. Thanks, appreciate Donna. it. Well, what happens if she gets the, the share replaced and then she finds the old share? Uh, old share is null and void. The old shares now. Yep. Then she they puts it in a number or something, just like losing your credit card or something. Yep, pretty much. Right. She can put it up on a wall and use it as a, uh, a decoration. In fact, it actually is a decoration or a whole thing. It's called scripophily. Um, I actually have old certificates, retired certificates from uh, Paps Beer and from White Star Lines and the 
the Monopoly Railroads. I actually have the stock certificates for that, so nice. uh, kind of fun to look at. So let's have a little fun here, Tom, shall we, just as we go through. We are coming certainly into the fall season. If you haven't noticed that, uh, well, there's something wrong with you. But right now, Tom. Well, you haven't noticed it. You're wearing a T-shirt and shorts today, even though That's it's 45 degrees outside. That's because I finally cooled off out there, you know. <laughs> People look at me and say, you know, are you nuts? I said, well, no, I don't wear a winter jacket until it gets around 10. Uh-huh. It was just a fleece before that, so okay. this is still shorts weather. So, Tom, there's a company called Green Meadow Valley that now has pumpkin spice toilet paper, six ninety nine on Amazon. Pumpkin sp- uh, spice toilet paper. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I guess it if smells you're, if nice you're, while you're not. Right. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna spray the bathroom after you uh, do your business, I why guess not why not apply it directly? Right. Okay. I think All that's right. good. We have Bud Light now has pumpkin spice seltzer. Uh, I'm which not I've heard that. about uh, no. pretty good. All right, L'Oreal. Now we have pumpkin spice hair color, Tom. Pump? No, I don't want. I don't want a woman's head to smell like pumpkin spice. No. That's well, not, that's no, no good. No, maybe they have that instead of that. You know, spray on cover the bald spot stuff. Like, hey, I could use some of that in bake. I think pumpkin spice hair on a can. Uh, there we go. Yeah. All right, all right. So Thomas has pumpkin spice English muffins. That might be okay. Kroger. That might yeah, be okay. I, I could maybe try some of that cinnamon pumpkin natural deodorant. There you go. Do you really want to smell like that um, going out? I, I don't know. Nine ninety nine on Amazon. Um, here we go for your dog, Tom. You got to make sure he's happy. Uh, pumpkin spice flavored greeny dog chews, fourteen ninety nine on Chewy. I bet dogs would eat that. Dogs would eat pumpkin. I would imagine. Uh, well, pumpkin dog biscuits like or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, love them. Sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right, Doctor Axe Bone Broth Protein Powder Pumpkin Spice. That sounds yummy. <laughs> <laughs> bone broth is something you're supposed to eat when you're on like the keto diet i think and uh neither one of us is on the keto diet so. well uh, look at me i'm my diet is anything round i only eat things that are round that's it so uh yeah so pumpkin spice that time of the year is here um uh, go out enjoy everything fall it's wonderful all right we've just got a couple of minutes left badger football coming up by the way at nine o'clock um you know we're nearing the the last quarter of the year so getting your ducks in a row for the last quarter of the year from a tax standpoint or, or just from an investment standpoint, some things that people maybe need to do that, uh, that, that, that should be on their radar for the next couple of months. You know, there, there's a lot of people that are out there as we had, you know, uh, Brad talking about with capital gains and preparation for this next year. Um, I predict the car industry is going to be kind of crazy uh, throughout the course of this next quarter. And the reason is right now we still have the tax write-offs or what's called the section 179 write-off for vehicles that are more than 6,000 pounds. So you're going to have a lot of people out there trying to buy those cars because it's been proposed already that that's not going to exist next year. So if the new tax changes happen, um, that's going to disappear. So we're going to see that car marketplace start to go a little bit nuts. So make your preparations for that if you need to have a new vehicle for your business, um, whichever it might be uh, this next quarter. Preparation for taxes is going to be really important right now. If you want to you know, take some capital gains now, really good idea to get that done. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be for next year. Um, uh, your taxes, if there's going to be some extra income you're going to take, I'd take it for this year because the tax rates are going to go up next year. Um, how, I'm not exactly sure, but I'd be rest assured that they would. <clears throat> some preparations, um, uh, actually, incorporations were better in these recent years uh, having yourself be incorporated. For example, the Tom and Ma- Merle Corporation um, had better tax rates a long time than Tom and Merle separately. 
So uh, we may want to change that to have it go to the Tom and Merle LLC instead. What does so the Tom and Merle you. Corporation make? Uh, we make widgets, Tom. Yeah, so we make uh, Tom widgets, Merle widgets, and widgets we galore. Make steaming piles of widgets. Yeah. Widgets. Oh, yeah, hot widgets. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like a good All hot right. widget in the morning? All right, we're out of time for today. Enough of this bald, bald roll. Yes, it's, if folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how could they do that? Folks, you can stop by. Third Avenue and Bridge Street, stop out in, have a cup of coffee, kick the tires, say hello to Mary and to uh, Kim. Uh, now we're in our office. Um, say hello and hi. You can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or find us online at keltsandassociates.com. All right, programming note, no uh, polka shows today. The Badgers are taking on Notre Dame. If you haven't heard by now, at Soldier Field in Chicago. Badger game day begins in just a couple of minutes. And then tonight, the Brewers... They won last night. Hey, breaking that five-game losing streak, they've got the Mets again tonight at American Family Field, and we'll have that one for you as well. Pre-game show at 535 here on WSAU. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. 